Welcome to Season 5 of the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, best-selling author and international speaker, Michael Sherlock. The Shock Your Potential podcast is dedicated to entrepreneurs looking to up their game, increase their income, and scale their businesses to new heights. Shock Your Potential is a professional services company providing affordable services to small businesses, matching entrepreneurs with virtual assistants, and offering specialized leadership and sales training to companies around the world. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and listen in now to another motivating episode that will help you to shock your potential. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we have been talking to entrepreneurs in the tech industry. And then, of course, next month, we start going into authors. Hmm, and I think I have a great guest today who's going to be able to have a foot in each of those themes. And I think she's really going to not only challenge you to think about how tech is involved in her world, but how may it may be helping you and your business. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Helen Yu is the founder and CEO of Tygon Advisory, and she's also something that makes me a little jealous, but I'm really happy for her. She's a Wall Street Journal bestselling author. Now, what she does on a daily basis is she drives growth for tech companies from startups to global titans like Oracle and Adobe, and she helps CEOs achieve multi-billion, that's with a B, you heard me right, multi-billion dollar revenue growth and record profitability. She's a board advisor to Fast Growth SAS companies and is on the board of the Global Cybersecurity Association. So I'm telling you, she knows what she's talking about. Now, get this, she's also a top Twitter influencer, and she reaches more than 10 million people a week. She was ranked as a top 10 thought leader by Thinkers 360 and a top 10 digital transformation influencer by IBM. Okay, I know I'm out of my league, and I have been all month with these guests, but now... Listen to this. She's an avid adventurer who trekked to Mount Everest Base Camp and ice climbed glaciers. You know what? She doesn't have enough time in her day, but she did have enough time to write this book Ascend Your Startup, Conquer the Five Disconnects to Accelerate Growth. And it won many, many awards like first place at the New York Book Festival, Firebird Award, and first place in entrepreneurship and small business at American Book Festival. In, achieve, in, in addition to achieving that uh, WSJ bestseller status. Now, one last thing. She has a podcast, and you know I love other podcasters. It's a CXO Spice Talk podcast, and it's named as one of the top 70, actually named as top 70 podcasts to listen to in 2022. I asked her when we got started if she's an exhausted woman because she's got a lot on her plate, but she made time for us, and I'm glad she's here with us. Helen, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Michael. What an honor to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, I cannot wait to learn more about you. As I started to dive down, uh, my team does a lot of research on our guests. And as we started to learn more about you, it's just fascinating. But your bio hits you know, some incredible highlights, but it never tells the whole story. So tell us a little bit more about you, your business, and how what you do helps businesses and companies to shock their potential. Thank you, Michael. As a technology leader, I actually enable global players to scale through a people-first framework. And that's the key right here because I'm passionate about the voice of the customer when it comes to digital transformation. And to me, the voice of the customer starts with the voice of people. 
and mm -hmm. with the employee, our team. So my work driving through driving growth for global players in the high tech telecom manufacturer insurance insurance or fintech markets. And the result have led to, as you mentioned earlier, multi-billion dollar revenue growth. To me, growth does not, however, happen by accident, right? Mm -hmm. Long-term growth is not sustainable in any organizations where the culture is not a people culture. Um, what I love about my work is the opportunity to scale other people's lives. Mm -hmm. I truly mean that my purpose in life is tenfold other people's success. So I be, you know, I am a curious, courageous multiplier. Um, I multiply people's joys, joy, knowledge, and prosperity. So that's really um, what I do and why I'm doing what I'm doing. I love the definition of being a multiplier. It has such power behind it. Um, and it just it tells a different kind of story. So yes, you're like, yeah, yep, we've had you know multi-billion dollar successes. But at the end of the day, you're multiplying success for individuals as well as businesses. Because like you said, if you don't have the health at the core of the business um, and take people first, you're not going, you might achieve some successes. You won't achieve what you could, but you won't sustain it. So what, how did your career evolve? I mean, you have some fascinating uh, points on your resume. How did you get from where you started to where you are today? Yeah, I started off as an accountant and financial analyst, as a matter of fact. <laughs> wow. So I never planned to be where I am today. So it's a very non-traditional career path. Um, what really happened, uh, what really my curiosity and learning agility got me where I am today, right? So um, it was very random opportunity as I was a financial analyst at a manufacturing company where they needed to find a volunteer who could lead a financial planning system project implementation, basically. Mm -hmm. And I was new at the time and volunteered just to lead that project, right? And then that's how I started learning about the programming and how to really build. And then they recruit the consultant I work with. He recruited me a uh, year down the road. And so, and then <laughs> I became a financial uh, system consulting myself, consulting myself later on and uh, learn how to code and design and build 400 plus applications for the largest financial banks and insurance companies across the globe. Um, and then that's how, and then the company I worked with was acquired by Oracle. That's why I was with Oracle for 12 years. So the, the career progression was never really planned. And, but that really the foundation is to seek the opportunity, step out of my comfort zone and just mm -hmm. go follow the flow, follow the opportunity and do what um, the opportunity presented at the time and learn as much as I could uh, along the way. But uh, I, looking back, that was the, the risk I took was really worse. Uh, <clears throat> was really worse because that was, that really got me where I'm at here today. Mm -hmm. And I love that, that you talk about, you know, your curiosity as the base of that and your learning agility. But the, that first time when you were posed with an opportunity, regardless of the fact you were new, regardless of, that it was going to push your limits of what your experience had been, I love that you just said, yes, okay, 
I'll do it. You know, the, the two questions I always ask myself whenever the decision point, right? I, I'm a decision. The, the first question is why not? Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. they ask me, hey, uh, I was at Oracle, uh, they acquired us, for, exa- for example, tapped on me. They interview everybody. Oracle is a merger acquisition machine, as you know. Right. And uh, they interview the top performers, you know, 45 minutes. And they said, hey, why don't you go run the BI consulting practice for us? I knew nothing about BI at the time. I came from Hyperion, <laughs> right? But they were able to tell you have the potential to go do this. And then I said, you know, why not, right? And, and then I, I took the role, even though I knew nothing about it, and then it, it, you know, proved that I was able to be successful in that, in running that team in that capacity. But, you know, I also have to say the organizations, like I like Oracle and others, uh, if you work, happen to work with leaders who really see the potential in you and give you the opportunity to, expand yourself. That's really how people can grow. So I'm really thankful and grateful for the opportunities I were, I was given by the leaders I worked with and worked for over the years, especially early in my career. There are a few of them I still see in contact with and grateful for forever. Yeah. I have, as you were talking, I was thinking about a gentleman who's become a friend of mine. I interviewed him for my podcast probably about four years ago, maybe even longer. And his name is Rocky Ramanella, and he um, he spent his entire career with UPS. And, you know, he started out loading trucks, like, you know, pretty much everybody else. Like, you start out loading trucks, you need to know how to load the trucks. And he ended up uh, running several, over the course of his, his tenure, he ran several big, huge projects, including the um, acquisition of all the, what became to known, be known as the UPS stores. So, um So all the direct shipping and, you know, all those uh, elements. And he said, when I asked him, I said, you know, well, how did you get, how did you get from loading trucks to, and he said very similar things. There were people that saw something in me. They gave me opportunity. And I just didn't think, I just said, yes. Like I just said, yes. Uh, Hey, we we want you to move across the country to run this new division. He said, yes. And then he goes, then I'd have to go home and tell my wife we're moving again. (laughs) (laughs) That exactly experience happened to me many times, right? I actually uh, came here in 1991 to pursue uh, education. And then after um, going to school, my first job, obviously, not being a U.S. citizen yet at a time, it was uh, in the mailroom at a corporation. And, uh, and then the CEO walked by that day randomly. I happened to see him on TV, uh, you know, moment before he walked in. I said, by the way, I just saw you on TV and how are you doing today? Right? And started commenting about what he, he talked about during the interview. He said, why are you here? I said, because this is only, I'm still going through my MBA program. This is the only job I was able to find. And he said, here's a number of person you can call and then they can find you a better spot. So that two weeks later, I ended up working for the bank reconciliation team. And later on, I ended up going, working for the same company in the treasury department, right? Those are the opportunities, you know, random opportunities, but you have to seize them. You have to be bold enough to talk to, people when they walk in, uh, what's gonna happen if I didn't say a word, right? So those opportunities are always there. I keep telling people opportunities are always there. It's up for us 
to find it and up for us to really make that happen, right? For you or for other people around you. Well, and I love the fact that you said, you know, why not? Why not say hello to him? You know, why not say, tell him that you just saw him on an interview? Why not? And the other part of that is, you know, he's a human being. We all, I think sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to go talk to that person. They're my boss or my boss's boss. But, you know, if your whole reason for talking to them is to suck up to them for something, then you probably shouldn't do it. But if you just want to interact and you want to treat them as a human being and you want to say, I saw your interview or, hey, I, I read the latest, you know, report, um, you know, a state of the business. Those are great pieces just to have a conversation human to human. You never know what that could lead to, but you know that it can establish a relationship. And that's exactly. what the basis of so much is. Yeah, you're, you're right on. It's not only just to network with people. I always say network with people when you are not in need of anything. Right? Oh, that's great. Oh, well, yeah talk to them. And uh, as a human, I really like what you love what you just said, you know, treat people as a human being. You know, we all like to be treated as a human being. Yeah. And the That's first question would be what, why not? The second question is what if, right? So I always say, what if I don't take this opportunity, then what, right? Or what if I take this opportunity, then what? So, and I, I go through that kind of process you know i would say thinking process before i just say yes or no before i say no and uh that's really how i oftentimes take the risk but it's calculated risk right right oh i love that so much and i really love this quote you know for network when you're not in need it's it's such a beautiful reminder that a lot of times people you know especially when they network they're they're looking for something and they're eager for something or they're they're in need and feel panicked because of something. But where we find the best connections is why. And one of the reasons that I love doing the podcast is that I just get to meet people, find out what they're doing. And sometimes there's synergies to work together. Sometimes there's not. But what you do is you get, you know, a total of about 45 minutes of time with somebody just to find out about them and their backstories and their businesses. And those connections make a huge difference. Absolutely. Yeah. This yeah. is why I love to, um, host a podcast too because as you said it's, you meet people if they're fascinating people you've never had an opportunity to meet otherwise yeah absolutely and it's so fun I, I tell the story that um we a couple of years ago we relaunched the podcast in 2020 I had taken a year off and we relaunched it you know at the pandemic because prior to that I was traveling all around the world speaking and training on leadership and sales and then all of a sudden everything stopped I'm like well we'll pull the podcast back out and I started getting sent people like you, like these amazing people with all this incredibly valuable information. And at times I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm interviewing these people. Like, what do I have? You know, <laughs> I'm not anywhere close to these people. And then I reminded myself when Oprah started, she wasn't the level of the people she was interviewing. So I was like, see, there's a method to this madness. <laughs> Never discount yourself, Michael. You're fabulous. <laughs> Thank you. I got, you know, I had a little bit, of, there was a time there that it was a tough few months when all of a sudden the way I built my business wasn't working. And I know we're going to get into that a little bit more, but after the break about what you do and your book. Um, but, you know, for me, it's really, sometimes you have those tough spots to remind you, you've got to take a look at your business from different perspectives if you're going to grow and scale. And if you're holding yourself back, it may cause a problem. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to um, hear from our sponsor for the month and we will be right back. 
Do you want to be a go-to expert that news reporters, anchors, and media producers turn to? Are you a media professional looking for credible, reliable, and timely guests? If you answered yes to either of those questions, then shock your media potential is for you. This one-of-a-kind platform connects vetted experts with news professionals around the globe. As a part of our launch celebration, you can participate for free in our Shock Your Media Potential virtual conference, running March 28th through April 1st. Together with my co-host, Eddie Luisi, known as Stage Manager to the Stars, and also Stage Manager for Good Morning America, we have interviewed 25 media personalities and professionals to ask them the questions you need to know the answers to. Like, how can I make myself more newsworthy? How do I best pitch a story? How do I get invited back again and again? And much more. Some of our guests are household names with exceptional on-camera careers. Others are award-winning directors, producers, camera operators, audio engineers, celebrity hair and makeup professionals, and so much more. To learn more about our platform and our conference today, go to shockyourmediapotential.com. And we are back with Helen Yu, and I, I want to dive a little deeper into what you do today and how it relates. I want you to talk about your book also, how it relates to your book. I mean, it, I, I do. I love the fact you're a Wall Street Journal bestseller. I had another one that I interviewed the other day, and I'm like, I've got to tell you, I'm a little jealous. And then I'm like, but it's such a great excitement not just to have that status, but to know that your book is really being well-received by all these really um, powerful groups that are that are acknowledging it. But tell us a little bit about it, how it relates to what you do day to day, and uh, maybe a little bit about why you chose to write this book. Sure. Um, I, I have to say the, the I took eight months off right around the time during pandemic, right? This book was in my head for over 10 years. Um, and I really oldest book, it's, it was a, it's a love letter to my grandmother who raised me, right? Uh, the book, the reason why I wrote it was to honor the great resilience um, grandma taught growing up. And uh, the book is really a decision framework. If you think about it's a, I've worked, I get to work with the startups um, in the past seven years. I'm trying to think of the, well, more than seven years, the decades. Um, I, I mentioned about earlier, my purpose in life is to tenfold other people's success. And then um, this book is about um, thinking about the framework for startup tech startups, and then they can learn the five functional, uh, fundamental growth disconnects that trap startups in the cliffside, keep them from reaching the summit and uh, reaching the kind of touching the sky. And really my intent is to empower the founders and CEOs to self-reflect and grow. And then uh, posing some really thoughtful questions, right? There are 26 questions in this book. Um, they can really ask themselves as they progress and, and scale their business. Because in the, today's environment, you can go Google anything to find an answer, but you yeah. cannot say, hey, what question I would ask? 
right? And this is why writing a book to uh, help people, I mentioned about curiosity is one of the most critical aspect or quality for people to grow. So I challenge clients and coworkers and colleagues to be curious seeker, right? And then uh, write this book to help people understand what the questions they can ask along the way and to identify some blind spots as they scale their business. To me, that's the most meaningful thing to do. Um, mm. That's why I wrote about this book. And the book is not just about business, it's about my experience climbing the Mount uh, Everest space camp uh, to keep a secret promise to my grandma to spread her ash there. And then oh. the lessons I learned through that experience, near, near that experience, and how I apply that to business later on, right? 12 years later, were the things that everything I learned from that experience applied. It was very applicable to business. And then that's how why it's so relevant into the business world is not so. And then talk about the framework, thinking decision framework for the founders. And as they start the business, what are the things they should really be mindful about? How they create a minimum variable product, not just a minimum variable product, but minimum variable team, minimum variable repeatability to really further scale their business. So I hope you get an opportunity to grab that copy and, uh, and share your thoughts about the book. I cannot wait. I had no idea it would have a story like that. And I, as you're talking about your grandmother, I was just like really choked up about it. Um, so yes, I think it sounds phenomenal. What, uh, this is just a completely random person. Well, it's not random, but what made your grandmother want to have her ashes spread there? Yeah, so um, here's a story, right? I was, uh, I grew up with nine cousins, all boys. I was the only girl, the youngest girl. And uh, grandmother never went to school because her, in her generation, women were not allowed to go to school. However, mm -hmm. she managed to learn how to read. She was one of the best storytellers in the world. And then, you know, how I was raised, I always, I was always given a seat at a table, dinner table, or, you know, we will sleep on the same big wooden made bed. I was always one next to her because every night she would tell one or two stories before we go to bed. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the storytelling, she would always ask us, each of us to share what we've learned from that story. I was always the best student, right? Raising my <laughs> hands and share the, the moral of the story all the time, every, every night. So I knew when grandma, she was, um, uh, I think five, you know, a few minutes or 10 minutes before she passed, she make, made sure I was the one by her bed. She mm -hmm. said three things to me. She said, stay special, make the world proud and threaten my ash in a tall mountain. She did not mention about Mount Everest. She did not mention about where. So, you know, after once she passed, we, you know, the cousins and I, we talk about some of the cousins that we can just um, drop it at a you know, tall mountain. You know, the definition of tall mountain is really different, right? Everyone has their different opinion. I said, forget about that. There's no more debate. I want to make sure her ashes spread at the tallest mountain in the world. Right? Wow. And then they all say, are you sure it's not safe to go there? 
So I got everybody rejection or no one right was in agreement that we should take the risk to go there. But in the end, a few of them went with me. I was the only one who made it. So they all had to drop along this trip. All of them drop along the way. But I was the only one who made it. And uh, yeah. Helen, I think you need to have this written into a movie. Like, a, a, like I mean, my God, this is, I have goosebumps all over. It's that's because, really. You know, it was not a, it was a mission to me. She raised right. me. And uh, if I were not able to make that happen, because I kept that promise to her. Yeah. And uh, if I were not able to make it happen, there was no need for me to live, right? So that was really a promise, a mission to me. This is why I talk about the business. When you're a founder, if you know why you start your business to begin with, you stick to that mission, your the successful rate is much bigger. This is why 90% of startups fail because they didn't understand why they started a business to begin with, right? So yeah. that was why that, that purpose is so important. And, uh, you know, we have to live with purpose, right? Otherwise, you know, you can you can make a zillion money and you can do, you know, have a, the best title in the world and then you can have all these recognitions, but then what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, I am just, I, I am, I am speechless and that never happens. <laughs> Helen, this is, I am so just personally grateful for this story and you sharing this. And then the, the lesson is, is so big. It is just, it's as big as that mountains. It's as big as her love of what she want, wanted to put you out into the world to be all that you could be. And you just went with it. She's got to be incredibly proud. Exactly, Michael. This is why I knew she did not I mean she never asked for anything in her entire life. I knew it was not about threading her ash. It was about he wants me to grow stronger without her being with me. Yeah. Oh, Helen. <sighs> Thank you so much. Your, your story, this story, this is the beauty of this. It's just, I, I can't tell you what a gift this is. This is a gift for me. I am, I am so touched by this. And I know we've, we've touched you. I know it's, it's the, you're feeling the emotion of it. And I'm so, so thankful. And when we started this, neither one of us thought we'd end here today. <laughs> but what your, your message is, is beyond to all of us, to no matter what we're doing to, to remember the core and the reason and the purpose. And on the days where you have to make tough decisions or you're not certain, if you can lean into what that core purpose is, you'll make the right decisions. That's what I'm taking from this. Absolutely. That's why I talk about people first framework, right? Yeah. It's, it's meaningless. You build a business, you, you scale the business without having a culture, you know, people culture. Yeah. Absolutely. This was incredibly powerful. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And we will have all of your contact information on our show notes, including the link to your book. But 
Tell us how you'd want people to reach you, find you, to connect with you so that they can continue to be a part of the things that you're doing in this world. Uh, you know, people can really find me through uh, Twitter uh, at you, Helen, you. And they can also find me through LinkedIn. I write a LinkedIn newsletter every week. Uh, most of the time I publish on Fridays. Uh, Taigang HYU is my LinkedIn. Uh, they can also find me uh, through CXO Spice Talk. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. And then my, my podcast is really where CXO Spice Talk, where I interview the biggest and brightest minds in technology about all kinds of topics like digital transformation, artificial intelligence, uh, cybersecurity, FinTech, internet of, thing, internet of Things, Connectivity, Cloud, or many other topics. Uh, as a matter of fact, next Tuesday, I will be interviewing the Chief Digital Officer at Dell, right? uh, oh, Jan Couch. Wow. She manages a 10,000 people team. Uh, so wow. really look forward to uh, speaking to her. Um, and it's, and it's a great part. I listened to uh, one and a half episodes and I love how you uh, discuss why you named it Spice. And I think it's fantastic. I'm not going to give it away, but I think people should really check it out and, uh, and you'll be excited by it as well. Whether you're in technology or not, there are a lot of great lessons to be learned from it. Thank you. And one thing I do want to mention, we talked about curiosity earlier. You know, to me, curiosity is prerequisite for dreaming. My curiosity mm. is the bedrock of innovative thinking, just as companies like Adobe or Apple must be innovative. We too need to be innovative thinkers for our own lives. So mm. this is why acting on you know, your dreams takes courage. Where I do, I inspire curiosity carries over into how I work with my customers. And I don't hunt them the readily made answers most of the time because we talk about how do you you know you want everybody customers or team members they actually have all the answers already inside of them yeah. all you need to to do my role is to help them shine a light on those answers right and that's yeah. that's exactly if you look at my book a Sanya startup and I talk about how you can really 90% of startup fail because they don't see the growth disconnect. And then right. those broken or weak, weakened links really barring the company from moving forward. And this might be turning, a, I would say, turning a blind eye to an unhealthy work culture or an overemphasis on policy over customer experience or targeting too large of an audience right, without the right go-to-market um, strategy. Yeah. So um, I really think that we as leaders, we can always help people to untap their potentials um, by really taking, you know, really, I would say, inspire their curiosity. I think it's such a beautiful thing. I, I believe the same, same core principle that I talk about in one of my books, and that's if you ask the right questions, you will get people to a higher level and the, the confidence that they gain when you don't just provide the solution to them, but you help them to find the answers, their growth is exponential. And what that means for them, their careers and your business is, is so much more than it can be as long as you're not, you know, like, as long as you're remaining open and curious. I think it's fantastic. Exactly. 
Helen, I am just, you've given us so much to think about and so much wisdom already, but do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Uh, absolutely. You know, we've all been through a lot in the past two years, right? The pandemic, great isolation, uncertainty, looming recession, and we've lost people we've loved. I lost two people, family members um, in the past two years. We've seen the world change and people often say, follow your passions, but how do you know what your passions are when it's hard to think straight? So mm -hmm. my final words are these, explore life in whatever form it takes, right? Mm -hmm. So three things here, be curious, leave your comfort zone, embrace courage in small and big ways. You have amazing answers just waiting inside you. This is the path to growth. This is the path to your next big thing in the people first world. Helen, I cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed this. I, you are absolute. I tell, I enjoy all my guests. I am, I am speechless and blown away. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. It has been an honor to have you as a guest. Likewise, Michael, I'm so honored to be here and I certainly hope to meet you in person some days. And uh, yeah, and uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.